Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Wednesday, the 10th of October. Wow, so much going on in the news. And uh, we are also going to be talking about the MomStrong International study that's going through the entire month of October. We're studying truth and what truth is. Today, we're going to be talking about the false truth of tolerance. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so if you guys have not been watching the news lately, let me just tell you an amazing thing happened the other day when uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States. I actually happened to be speaking when this when this when the vote came down. I was speaking at my women's conference this year. The theme is Miracle Worker: The Life Changing Power of Following Jesus, and we were speaking about what happens when we begin to really see ourselves the way that God sees us, and we allow His healing. To to come and invade every part of our life. It changes us. And I was speaking to the women about what, how God views us and our uh, the, the most important thing he's given us as women is influence. We have an opportunity to use our godly influence to affect the culture around us, starting with our own families and our own homes. And so it was encouraging to me just to see these women digging into the word of God. And I can't remember what time it was, But I finished a session and one of the women came running up to the front and she said, uh, the vote just went down. So I was able to announce it. Uh, It was kind of fun to see just the the applause and the cheers coming up from the women just to see uh, our our system work the way it's supposed to work. And uh, we have been praying for a long time that we would have a Supreme Court justice who would be a godly man. We need good men in positions of authority and women. Uh, We need good leaders. Uh, We need godly leaders in this country. So we were encouraged to see that. I want to encourage you, as I always do, to continue to pray for our leaders. Uh, We saw uh, just yesterday that Nikki Haley has stepped down as ambassador to the United Nations. I was sad to see her uh, her resignation be given to the president. Uh, she's done an exceptional job as the ambassador to the United Nations, and it'll be interesting to see what Nikki does next. I think that might be the new hashtag. What will Nikki do next? But it's definitely worth uh, praying over and continuing just to ask the Lord to help us to get onto the battlefield, whatever that looks like. So, you know, most of you listening to this are never going to get onto a political battlefield, but you might be, God might be asking you to get onto the battlefield of caring for orphans and caring for children who are in the foster care system. Maybe God's asking you to teach a Sunday school class at your church that's really focused on the Word of God. Maybe God's asking you to open up your home to the youth group or to a homeschool ministry. I, I think that the Lord asks us all to do certain things, and I want to just encourage you, as I always do, to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. In John fourteen six, Jesus said, I 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And we're going to spend a little bit of time, just a few minutes today, kind of talking about the study that we're doing, diving deeper at MomStrong International, talking about truth and what truth is and who defines it. Last week, we talked about the 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 fact that truth is not subjective. Truth is anything but subjective. There is something that we call absolute truth, and it comes from God. God defines truth. In Matthew verse uh, chapter 10, verses 14 to 15, we read, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it'll be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than that for that town. So what I want to do immediately is just talk about tolerance because Jesus is saying, you're going to go places and you're not going to always be accepted. A lot of people are not going to listen to your words. And if that's what happens, uh, quit trying to convince them, shake the dust off your feet and move on. There is such a thing as truth. And God says that he defines it. But in the culture right now, what we're really talking about, and we see this happen more and more, is this this idea of tolerance. It's the opposite of exclusivity. And I would say it's a false truth. And so that's why I named the study this week, The False Truth of Tolerance, because tolerance is the opposite of exclusivity. And it would appear that it's what the modern world and in almost every setting, the modern world wants this more than anything else, right? You guys have all seen the bumper sticker that says coexist. And you've heard me talk about this, I'm sure several times on the podcast, that bumper sticker drives me crazy, because what it's saying is, all of these religions, are the same. Islam is the same. Christianity is the same. Jehovah's Witnesses are the same. Hinduism, it's all the same thing, which is really the gospel of Oprah, which really is universalism. And tolerance in in circles that teach universalism, tolerance is taught as a virtue. So it's taught as a virtue in the media, in schools, and even in the government. I want to really quickly just make a, a, a distinction. When we say tolerance, I don't want you to divorce that from kindness. I think that we are absolutely called to be kind. But the gospel is anything but tolerant. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He didn't say, I am a way and a truth. He said, I am the way and the truth. And even though tolerance is taught as a virtue right now in our culture, particularly where uh, schools are concerned and education is concerned, we need to be able to see it through the lens of Scripture and recognize that Jesus did not preach tolerance. He taught truth. And the logic is simple enough, right? Because tolerance in the culture right now is based on a modern definition of love. And this new definition of love states that we love by acceptance alone. Have you guys heard that before? That we love, that the way that we show our love is by accepting everything. And if you take that to its logical conclusion, that acceptance actually turns out to to backfire on us because we are not called to just accept everything on face value. We're called to examine carefully. We want to examine carefully the teachers that we're listening to. We examine the books that we read, uh, the people that we are allowing to speak into our lives. And there, I have been dismayed over the years to watch as many, many Christians have joined the tolerance movement, right? Or the, the gospel the social justice gospel. And these people want to be known for their acceptance of others' opinions and their lifestyles. And I think this is a misguided attempt to share the gospel. Why is it misguided? Let's think about that for a second. Why is it misguided? Because the life of Jesus stands in stark opposition to this brave new belief system. Jesus didn't come into the world and just accept everybody. He actually came into the world and and opened people's eyes to their need for salvation. 
He came into the world and was bringing both truth and love with him, which really we've talked about this at the at my women's conference this last week. There is a kind of a dance that we do, uh, learning to live in the tension between truth and grace. Jesus did that beautifully, right? Because he was the son of God. And I guess we could argue we're going to have a hard time because we're not Jesus, right? I guess we could argue that. But I want to encourage you because God has said, not only are you able to walk in grace and truth, but he wants us to do that. And a thoughtful study of God's word is going to quickly reveal that tolerance, at least the way we think of it today, is never seen in the Bible as a virtue. Why? Because as I said a moment ago, we are the creation of an intolerant God. I know some of you are bummed out right now, but that's the truth. God is the creator. He is the one who create. He was the one who makes the rules. I was talking to the women the other day about uh, the laws of gravity, and gravity doesn't really care if I believe in it or not. If I decide to walk off the stage or walk off my roof, gravity's going to have the last say, right? Gravity's going to win. And if you ever considered that tolerance is never encouraged in the Bible, Christians are not called to tolerance because we we serve an intolerant God. We have been given already a comprehensive list of the fruit of the Spirit, and a glaring omission is the fruit of tolerance. We don't see tolerance as a fruit of walking with the Lord, right? And a lot of churches today are being driven by fear, afraid that if we embrace all of God's word, somehow we'll be out of sync with the culture. And I think in our attempt to be relevant, we are becoming more and more and more irrelevant. And then eventually what happens is we, we kind of go into a full-blown panic mode trying to figure out how do we blend in with the world around us without offending anyone? Have you guys been in this situation yet? Do you know what I'm talking about? Are we able to do it? Well, Jesus said no. We're not able to do it. He said, you live in the world, but you're not of the world. We are not of this world. We are not called to adapt to the world. We are called to adapt to the gospel. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Uh, we should be, we as believers, we should be in a position of seeing our world through the lens of scripture that the gospel should change us, not the other way around. We don't, we don't uh, attempt to change the gospel. We allow ourselves through the power of the Holy Spirit to yield to what God says is true in his word. And then we allow the gospel, the message of the cross and the message of God's word to change us. Uh, I heard an, a Christian speaker say, probably not too long ago, that Adam and Eve were the first refugees uh, because they were cast out of the garden. This is an attempt really to just uh, to skirt around the issue of sin because that's why they were they were cast out of the garden and bring in the social justice gospel, right? And so we should care about refugees because Adam and Eve were the first refugees. But that's not the way that the Bible uh, frames that story. The Bible says that in reality, Adam and Eve were anything but refugees. They were cast out of the garden. They were the recipients in God's not taking their life from them, which he said, listen, if you do this, you're going to surely die. He did not immediately take their life from them. They were the recipients instead of an incredible and undeserved mercy. The punishment for Adam and Eve's transgression against God was death. And he told them that should they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would surely die. But God in his mercy chose to let them live. Rather than kill them, he banished them from the garden, a consequence of their actions. That does not make them a refugee. That makes them living with the consequence of disobedience to God. And so as I read the story of Adam and Eve uh, and God's tolerance, really in this situation looks an awful lot like mercy. God didn't tolerate Adam and Eve's sin. 
He didn't tolerate their lifestyle of rebellion and disobedience. Instead, he banished them from the beautiful Garden of Eden. And just to drive the point home, he put an angel with a flaming sword at the entrance so they could not return. I want you to consider with me just for a minute God's response to Noah's neighbors when the skies darkened and it poured down rain for 40 days and 40 nights. This was God's response to the wickedness of that generation. And we, you know, we, we, we color it in, you know, beautiful shades of pink and blue for children's storybooks. But this involved the drowning of all of human life with the exception of Noah and his family. God is the creator. And this is so hard, I think, for a rebellious people. We don't want someone to tell us what to do. We want to be the boss of us, right? Anybody have a toddler in their home? We want to be our own boss. But God as our creator makes the rules that he asks us to live by. And just like toddlers, we don't like it. So what do we do? We rebel. And these days, an attempt, we, we, what we're trying to do is rewrite who God is. That's what I see happening in the modern church, in the progressive church. We're rewriting who God is. And instead of seeing God as part mercy and part wrath and part justice and part love, these, these are all, these are all uh, components of God. We want to rewrite him into our image And God said, don't do that. Women of God, God must never be rewritten into our image. That is the danger of the false truth of tolerance. God is anything but tolerant. Can you think of some examples that the Bible might deem, uh, that some might deem in the Bible as being intolerant? The first one, of course, that comes to my mind is Sodom and Gomorrah. Dude, God wasn't messing around. If you read the story, it didn't end well for the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. And this week in the Bible study, I'm going to go ahead and list several passages of Scripture for you to look up with your children or just in the quietness of your own home and learn about how God views us and how he views sin and how does he view us in light of our own sinfulness. It's important that you understand this because Christianity is unique to every other religion in many ways, but the main difference is this. According to Christianity, And what we know of the Bible, we believe Jesus is the only way to God the Father. God expressed himself through the death of his only son, Jesus. Jesus is the only way to God. And many of the cults today, and even some of the major religions, such as Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism, they offer some truth about God, but they do not claim to be exclusively true. Jesus claimed that exclusivity. He says salvation isn't going to be found anywhere else. It's found in him alone. Uh, I hope that you will uh, join with me in studying a little bit deeper. We're going to go to John 10 a little bit and talk about Jesus saying that he's the gate. So some of you are familiar with this passage, and I don't have time to go through the whole thing today. But Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All uh, who ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. The thief comes only to steal and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And Jesus in teaching that he is the gate is is offering us a beautiful illustration of not only uh, the idea that he's the gate, this is where we enter and find eternal life, but also that he is our safety. So once we get in there and he closes the door behind us, all of a sudden you're you're in there and there's nothing that can come in and and get to you and Jesus is saying this is who uh, this is how I see you this is my plan of salvation and there's no other name by which you can be saved and many modern truth seekers today uh, find this aspect this idea that Jesus is the only way to heaven offensive they'll say this is so arrogant right um and how demeaning for the other great religions of the world but here's the thing truth has nothing to fear from scrutiny 
And so in the age of tolerance, I want to encourage you to commit yourselves to the study of God's word. God's word has stood the test of time and it will stand the test of tolerance too. If you guys are appreciating the study over at MomStrong International, we just want to encourage you to dive deeper with us. You can join to be you can join as a member at MomStrong International for just $8 a month. And so basically it's $2 a week. For $2 a week, we're going to send you a beautifully illustrated uh, Bible study that's going to take you a little bit deeper into the topic that we're talking about. And it includes uh, the free scripture writing that you get when you sign up to be a member at MomStrong International, but then also the Bible study component and another component called KidStrong in which we are going to teach you how to take the things that you're learning at MomStrong International and pass them on to your children and your grandchildren. This is so important, men and women, that we are taking the truth of what we hear in the Word of God and we are passing it on to our children. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to encourage you to do at MomStrong International. It's a blessing to us to be working alongside you uh, to educate the next generation in the truth of God's word. Let's go ahead and close this podcast out in prayer. Father, in the age of tolerance, uh, many of us are confused and we want our children to be accepted. And yet your word says that you were rejected. And so, Father, would you help us to study your word in a way that we might actually learn to rightly teach it and rightly defend it first to our children and then to a world that's watching. I pray, Father, that you would help us to learn to live in the tension between truth and grace, not to sacrifice grace on the altar of a misguided mercy. And also, Father, help us to be aware of the false truth of tolerance. And in the midst of worldly wisdom, give us the grace to be full of your wisdom alone. Thank you, Lord, that you will give us the ability through the power of your spirit to understand your word and apply it to our lives. Help us to do that today in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, everybody, I want to thank you for listening. If this podcast is encouraging to you, it would encourage us incredibly if you would rate this podcast and leave a review for it over at iTunes. It's very simple to do. Just click on the little gear shift and you can rate uh, by the little stars right there. I go and read all of those reviews. And so I want to thank you for doing that. I'm going to come back next week and read some of them. I keep forgetting to do that, but I am. I'm going to put them in my notes and read them to you. We really appreciate your encouragement and For those of you who have joined us at MomStrong International, let us hear your feedback. We've got an entire staff of awesome women over there who are ready to talk to you and pray with you and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. So you can find us at MomStrongInternational.com. Have a great day, everybody. And I'm going to see you back here with a very special guest, Chloe Howard, on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at TheBusyMom.com.